Welcome to Darkly Lit, where we don't really have an intro per se, because we're all just here to hang out, talk about the books we're going to read, and uh, move forward into an uncertain future. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, David King. I'm joined, as always, by my spouse and co-host, Kayla King. Hello. And my brother from another mother, Sade. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we have, so we just, we just announced a little earlier, the day we're recording, this is the day we announced it. Uh, thank you to the pasta shade for stepping up and helping out with that, uh, release. But, uh, we have the full preview sort of list of books out there for everyone to take a look at so we can move forward with the reading that we have over the next six months. Each of us went to task and picked out two books that we wanted to offer. The order of the books ended up being a kind of arbitrary i suppose i mean there's some there's some consistency to the placement but we thought it might be good if we all kind of got together and talked about where the podcast is going to go just to help kind of reiterate where things are going to be at and maybe talk a little bit about the books that we're going to be reading as a group and why we opted to pick these books since we each brought two to the table yes i do feel like we have quite a good selection of books like i each of us chose something that i am very either already on my reading list or something i was like oh, I'm curious about that, or like, I didn't hear about it. I was like, that sounds good. Okay, I'm excited. Kind of pumped for this this new format and the new season. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a good format. And actually, looking at the the list, I'm like, oh, I like knowing that we have, we know what we're going to read well in advance, too. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of like behind the curtains is like, we always come to the episode to record and be like, oh, wait a minute, what's going to be our book after this? Um, <laughs> which sometimes is fun. Figuring it out in the moment, but I definitely feel really solid actually knowing what we're going to be reading. And we also hope that's going to be make it easier for listeners to like maybe read ahead, be able to keep up with us reading. You don't have to do it on a month like speed run either. Now that you know what everybody's reading, you can read them at your own pace. Just know that mm-hmm. we're still going to hit those books once every month with the discussion. So we'll try to be clear about when the book uh, recording is going to be coming up so everybody knows when to get their questions in or comments. And so we have them ready to go when the episode releases on the 13th. I think it's a lot more streamlined. It's a lot more efficient. I think it's going to be a lot more fun. I feel kind of rejuvenated by the whole prospect. So this will also give us a chance on Creative Forward to come up with new projects as well. We've been wanting to come up with new podcasts or even just any. We've had new ideas, but we haven't had the time to be able to fully embrace them as much as we'd like to. So mm-hmm. hopefully going to this um, six month season will allow us to take a break no, unless take a break and more focus on other things too, so we can get more products out to you or more projects out. Yeah, well said. I think that's absolutely the that's absolutely the reason we came at this. And mm-hmm. having that six month gap is going to be very helpful when we get to the end of the, this season. It's been really neat, like comparing notes. We we actually brought a few extra books to the table. Some of those got yes. minnowed out, and uh, some of them might show up in later seasons though, because there were some that were pitched by. Uh, by Kayla and by say that I was like, oh, I want to read these, but we can only bring so do so many books. So can we can we table those till the next season? Mm-hmm. And what's going to be nice about this like six month format is at the end of this six months, when we get to December, this last episode, I think maybe January will probably will announce the next set of book lists. That way, we have that six month gap for ourselves and for listeners to read. I think that will be really helpful. That means you, if the whatever book is confirmed for our December end of things, you have a whole year to read it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But, so maybe finally House of Leaves. No, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, on that note, this format will also allow us to be able to read longer novels too. Yes. That was always an issue in the past because we didn't we wanted to give our readers as well as ourselves enough time to finish the novel before we jumped so that way uh, we could keep up with the monthly format but now with the six months we can actually read something longer so for example our uh, one of the books we're going to be reading is the audiobook is 27 hours but now that we're announcing it now people have the time to start reading it if they wish well do we want to go ahead and talk about the books in in the order we're going to read them and uh, why they're they are where they are and what they're kind of maybe loosely about yeah. Now, or at least what we know. Again, I, some of these are based on pure summaries. I haven't read a lot of these. Some of them are books that some of us have read in the on um, in the past and would like to just bring to the group for a discussion. I know that. And some of them are just complete unknowns that just say, hey, that looks cool. Let's do that. Let's start with uh, Earthlings. That was yours. Yes, it was mine. The, the book we'll be reading for July is Earthlings by Sayaka Murata. I had read her book, Convenience Store Woman, which isn't a horror, but it's a very well-written novel. And there are moments that I'm like, if this has horror elements, there's something uncomfortable about this story, but it was always in the background. And I'm like, if this woman wrote a horror, I I think it would be good. So when I saw that this new book of hers came out and it just so happens to be a horror, I'm like, okay, I have to read this. Now, I've already got, got a start on it. And I, I know the one thing I have to do is provide a content warning. I'm about halfway through this novel and I could say without a doubt, this will probably be the most triggering novel that our readers, if they choose to read it, will read. Yeah, based on everything you told me, like the the triggers and and a lot of them got listed in the description of the announcement. This is there's some fucked up stuff in this. Oh yeah, and even if you look through the reviews, one of the reviews actually says Sayaka, you sick twisted fuck or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, that sounds so, like an author I'm gonna like. <laughs> and we knew with horror novels we would run into this, um, mm-hmm. but there's always that that risk. And I will say, because I am halfway through, the writing is still very engaging. Convenience Store Woman was a really good book, and her writing is fantastic, and it still applies with this novel. I chose it before I started reading it, but and I decided, oh, you know what? I should get a start on it now. But I, I was able to get through halfway through in very little time because it's such an engaging read already. And it is our shortest novel. That's why we chose it first. On the audiobook, it's about seven hours. I actually got the ebook. So hmm. it's easy for me to sail past through. So that's good. So you don't have to linger too long on the really icky, icky bits, but it'll linger. It'll linger. <laughs> well, and, and, that's, and that's a funny thing, too, because we always knew we were we, and even in previous episodes, previous discussions, we've run across stuff that feel is can get pretty taboo. And that's like part of the thing with horror. Horror isn't horror if it doesn't deal with something that's horrific. And there's different kinds of horrific. But horror is also a genre where you are allowed to decide i i feel like it's perfectly fair for you as a reader as someone who consumes horror or any sort of horror media what horror you want to allow into your brain case interesting the thing about this novel is the cover which has a hedgehog plush on it which yeah. gives it it, it it gives you a false sense of like comfort when you read it. like oh it can't be that bad and you're like oh never mind <laughs> Yeah, looking at the cover, it gives me more of like a, especially with the title Earthlings, and then you got a cute little, little pudgy hedgehog, and I'm like, I'm expecting like some kind of like quirky sci-fi maybe? I actually don't know. 
anything about the book aside from what we saw in the content warnings. All I know, this is, I'm the most excited to read this out of all the choices that you guys brought to the table, because I saw a TikTok that was like, this book fucked me up. And I was like, then I want to read it. (laughs) Embrace it, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, but can you give us like a little, like some brief details of what the the story is? Sure. So this does take place in Japan, because even if... Even if I try to describe what it is, that's still not even the story. Even if I give the description that's on the back of the book, it doesn't. It still doesn't really encapsulate what the story is. But I guess the best way to describe it is we follow this young girl at the beginning who is 11 years old. And she believes that uh, she has magical powers, which includes a, a transformation wand and a mirror that was given to her by her plush hedgehog. Her, she's not sure what she is. She's not sure if she's a witch or an alien, but her co- cousin is convinced that he's an alien. This goes from when she's 11, eventually transfers into when she's an adult and she's married and then meets up with you again after years of not seeing him. And from what I've gathered, it it definitely borders on a psychological horror. So it, it definitely, there is a psychological horror element. I am so intrigued. I, I can't wait to get started on it. I, I, again, I don't want to reveal too much because even when I read the back of the book, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like this. And then I read, I'm like, no. Scarcely prepared you for what will lay within, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the the description does not prepare you at all. The cover even does less of that. So Honestly, I'm glad the content triggers were there because like, I kind of know what to brace myself for. But I'm also kind of intrigued to see where it goes and to see what it'll do to me in the end of it. I, that's why we have them. And, and again, I want to stress to any readers, if you if you see the triggers or the things that are content that you go, I won't touch that with a 10 foot pole, feel free to skip this one and uh, mm-hmm. jump to the next one. We won't. It's totally fine. That's why we have these things. I don't know if we're going to if that's going to come up as much for some of the other ones. But I like that right out the gate, we were able to be like, no, this is fucked up. And let's let you know kind of what's fucked up about it. So you know what to avoid. Right now, I, I'm providing the content warning for this because I know in advance that this is the first book we're reading. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the rest of the books. If it turns out that there is content warning for the other books, I will provide that at the end of each episode. Mm-hmm. So I will say there is a content warning for this. Check, look in the description, in their description notes. So that way, we don't spoil anything. But if people are uncomfortable, they can look in the show notes to see like, okay, based on what I'm reading, I probably should avoid this book. Well, thank you for that. Like, like that, that's important. I think it's good to keep our, our readers posted just in case. And of course, before every episode, as I've done before, if there are trigger warnings, I will say them in advance. And it, again, I do not fault anyone who wants to skip an episode because they don't want to, they feel uncomfortable by certain content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see if we can maybe also just look, um, look it up um, for each book. You know, maybe because since we're giving the readers an opportunity to go ahead of the schedule and read the books, might be good for us to maybe once we're done here or, you know, as soon as we get to it, (laughs) um, look that up in advance. That way we can give that heads up to our readers. But, you know, also, please, I I think, you know, if you are a fan of reading horror, you have, you know, some understanding of the content you're going to run into but also don't just rely on us please if you're like "Hmm, i don't know if this book is for me look up those content warnings on your own too because we could also make the mistake and be like well maybe that isn't severe enough of a warning or if it's maybe something else that is outside of like the usual problematic like taboo items maybe you're just like really really against like 
eye stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, you I know, am. yeah, <laughs> that's like where my mind went. Well, the reason I started uh, being more conscious of content warnings is because we had, I can't remember which novel it was, but we did have someone reach out to us on Twitter and said, Hey, I, I like listening to your podcast, but can you do content warnings? When I read this novel, I did not know this was going to happen and it messed me up. If you can, please at least add something. And I'm like, you're right. I'm so sorry. So th- mm-hmm. this was this was because of a listener's request. And I probably should have been adding content words. I just didn't think about it because I was like, well, it's a horror podcast. So yeah, but also that's, I mean, we're definitely going to try our best to put any content warnings that that we feel are necessary. Again, you know, we might make a mistake. We might not. We might miss something. So always do your own due diligence as well. Yeah. I'm not going to put content words like, oh, there's murder or. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I Like with, with the stuff that's a part of horror, to, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that of course there's going to be po- most likely death in this if it's a horror novel. Oh, of course there's going to be like scary stuff. Like, I, warning, this haunted house novel might have ghosts. Yeah. I'm not going to put those as content words. But if it's something that's much more extreme, of course I'm going to, I'll put that. As content warning. But, yeah, yeah. But I, I'd hope our readers would go into it and understand. Oh, of course, I'm going to see horror. In this. <laughs> there might be some disturbing shit in this. Yeah, because I, I think everyone's like level of like what is like really extreme might differ. I know mine differs from you guys sometimes. Mm-hmm. So always keep that in mind. I think it's just it is important that we as curators of this, we we look out. But we should we as horror fans, as a community of horror fans, we're here to take care of each other because, yeah. you know, yeah. I would I'll, I'm not uh, surprised to say this, uh, especially here in, in creative horror. Us horror fans are some of like the friendliest, most considerate bunch of people I know. And we look out for each other. Mm-hmm. We look out for each other's well-being. And here we are enjoying stories about death and destruction and hauntings and psychological trauma and all this other crazy stuff, terrible things that happen to human beings or human being adjacent things, you know, depending on the horror you're reading. But yeah, so that's, <laughs> that kind of gets that out of the way, I think. Yeah, I, I think our more, the most triggering book we read before this was uh, Let the Right One In. Yeah. This beats it. This Earthlings absolutely beats it. Oh, wow. And oh I think it's, it's the shortest one we're reading. Well, And it's, it's shorter too. Yeah. That's the wild part. So it's not just like, oh, it slowly gets there. No. It this almost all of the warnings that are in there happens in the first half of the novel. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Well, be, be prepared to hear a bunch of this kind of reiterated, but in more detail when we finally read it. But then you'll hear all of us going, "What?" Mm-hmm. Kayla, thank you for presenting this. This is a very uh, a very bold move, but I am also very very interested to read this mm-hmm. just because of the kind of it's like now I need to know why all this is in there. And then Sade chose our August novel. Which is Our Share of Night by Mariana Enriquez. And I know this book had been out for a while now prior, but only in Spanish. It has just recently released with an English translation. And I'd heard she's kind of well-regarded in the Latinx horror community of like writers of like you know of books of fiction horror fiction i know words but i haven't read any of her work yet and i was trying to make sure that i was the one bringing in some of the like 
Latin representation. So I actually originally had a couple different books from uh, Latin writers for you guys. And this is the one that I ended up going with because it is about a father and son. And I'm usually that's kind of like one of the like family dynamics that I enjoy the most. or I like kind of personally dive into myself the most. And it is about a there's like the death of the mother and the father is to protect his son from some supernatural cult forces. Um, It's kind of what's in the synopsis. There's also, I've been promised, some queer subplots. (laughs) I promise you that is not the reason I chose the book. I did not realize that part until right before we started recording but yeah i'm i'm excited to read this i have heard that it's a little bit of a slower burn it's like 600 pages but i've heard it's also beautifully written and it all is very narrative of like different perspectives and so i to read it i want to start reading more from latinx authors so that was why i wanted to make sure we had at least one on here on this list is she from Argentina? Buenos Aires. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Argentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that actually makes sense because whenever I was looking up our share of night, there were a lot of websites that were in Portuguese, and I was just like, I hope this is in English. But then I figured, yeah, yeah, that's because because <laughs> it's been out for a while in not English. So <laughs> <laughs> is it? Which is fair to move to September? Yeah, actually. Or the, no, wait, September. September yeah. It is September. Wow, we're already moving there. Your books are one after the other. Yeah, that's it. I didn't mean for that to happen, but that was that's interesting. So the, the first book that I brought to the table here is called Theme Music, and it's by T. Marie Vandelli. Admittedly, this is one of those ones where the reason I picked it out was because browsing the horror section of a bookstore, I saw it. The cover looked interesting. Read the back. The summary sounded interesting. I liked the title. And I thought, oh, this could be interesting. So the impression I'm getting for it is might be another psychological thriller. Definitely got a murder mystery plot to it. Essentially, what the summary boils down to is the main character is the, as an infant, was the uh, sole survivor of a, presumably a murder-suicide with the rest of her family. And years later, as a young woman, she moves back into the same house that she, the murders took place in. And she tries to kind of get her, she's trying to kind of get her life back together. But somehow the figuratively or literally the ghosts of her past come creeping back in on her. And she starts trying to look into what actually happened. And uh, shit gets real, real fast, apparently. It sounded really interesting. I'm kind of going into this one pretty blind. Having looked at some of the like on the side, some of the vague like reviews of it and the ratings without delving too deeply, it seems like this one is pretty well received. So I think it's going to be interesting. This is one that I had in like my list of like books to check out because I don't remember if it was from a TikTok that was like, this is one that fucked me up or this is just a really good one or this is just a, you know, a quick short read that I like I'll mark those sometimes for, for Darkly Lit mean like when we need that quick book. But I know this was on my list, on one of my list of like books to check out. So I'm I'm very curious about this one. It wouldn't surprise me if this was on a list of books that fucked me up because several of the reviews said this one is actually very graphic. Be prepared for it to be graphic. I think I, I want to say it might have been. <laughs> and look, I'll brace myself if any eye stuff happens. <laughs> I'll brace myself. And then, of course, immediately after that, (laughs) in October, we have All Hallows, a novel by Christopher Golden. Now, I'm sure a few of you have probably heard of Christopher Golden, uh, written several horror novels. I've never actually read anything by Golden, but uh, this one jumped out to me because 
you all know some of my favorite horror genre stuff and books that I have pitched to the show have had to do with horror that takes place on Halloween specifically. Mm -hmm. And this is no exception. Uh, The story is set in a small town in 1984. So we already got that vibe to it. There's some sort of family drama or inter- or like uh, neighborhood drama between several families. While that's going on, there's a strange group of trick-or-treaters moving through the neighborhood who look very out of place. And they're asking people for help avoiding someone called the Cunning Man. So I feel like this is going to have that great sort of like dark supernatural Halloween magic theme to it, but also with some drama. We'll see how well those two ideas kind of get balanced out. But I just know I was looking for, I always look for stories set on Halloween that like are satisfying to me. We've had some hits and misses on that on the show before. And I would never say any direct misses, but uh, this is one I've been, I, I saw along the same day as I saw theme music and I thought, okay, let's give this one a shot. I knew that we were going to add some sort of Halloween themed novel to this roster. And we probably will every single time if we can, <laughs> if we, we will like- at least try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I don't have to be the Halloween novel arbiter every year either. So <laughs> you're just very good at it. I, it's what can I say? It's my favorite time of the year. <laughs> and then next month, we're doing A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. I think I've brought up this book so many times. And I think I kept saying over and over, we are going to review this because um, a few years ago, I did read it. And this was one of the best books I had read in that year. Until I read Mexican Gothic. (laughs) And then I was like, no, we have to discuss Mexican Gothic. But (laughs) this book, it touches on a lot of interesting themes, especially like, especially like the dwindling middle class, the family dynamics, the extremes people have gone to with like reality television. On a base level, the novel is about a young girl who is 14 years old and seems to be possessed by some sort of demon and her parents aren't sure what to do. So they go to a reality television show to document their daughter's possession. And it's all from the point of view from her younger sister. It it does switch back and forth between the younger sister as an adult. And then when she's eight years old, when this is all happening, clearly a tragedy does happen because we, when you see as an adult that she's fairly much alone, And you know that something bad has happened to the parents and her sister. And the ending is so satisfying in such a horrific way. Like, I... I, Sade might probably guess what will happen because Sade's really good with that. But (laughs) I, I didn't when I first read it. And I was so satisfied with, like, how disturbing it was. I don't think David will find it as disturbing. (laughs) <laughs> as I think about it, knowing knowing him, but you don't know me. No, that's not true. <laughs> if you if you say it's disturbing, I am going to find it delightful. So I'm excited because this was yeah. also one on my on my list of like eventually I got to get around to this. So it, it at least to you, I think you'll be like, oh, this is uncomfortable, or you're gonna be like, mm, yeah, that is satisfying. That is a good way to end. I've been excited about this one just ever since you've talked about it. You've managed to keep the ending away from me for this long. So I'm grateful for that. <laughs> and then uh, this was also the novel that I I tweeted out to the author and said, this book was amazing. Holy shit. I'm so gr- glad I read this. And he appreciated it. But then Stephen King retweeted it. So <laughs> I, I see that. So I tweeted it. And then I see the author says, oh, thank you. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then 
an hour later, I'm like, why is there a thousand retweets? Oh and then God. I see Stephen King has retweeted <laughs> my... <laughs> Stephen King is a fan. Yes, he is a huge fan of Paul Tremblay, I realized. <laughs> <laughs> and that is probably my most popular tweet. <laughs> As someone who never uses Twitter, almost never uses it, unless it's for podcast purposes. Can we put that as, like, maybe in, like, your, your bio on the Darkly Lit page? Like... Retweeted by Stephen it. King. <laughs> well, it was at the Dark Lit Pod that was retweeted by no. Stephen King. Unfortunately, because um, did we bring up the fact that we actually got one of the authors listened to our episode and basically posted how much he loved it? I mean, uh, that's it's happened a couple of times, but more recently it was uh, Aaron Dries of Dirty Heads uh, apparently went and listened to our episode. So the very humbling and very like yay <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that was really awesome i'm glad that that you know i'm glad that that aaron liked it so mm-hmm. and because we we loved we loved the book uh, from what i gather a couple of them have said like how they they enjoyed it i think aaron dries though that was a genuine compliment that i was very that made me very proud so i yeah i was i was proud of that i and i i love that book and i love that episode so i mean I, and I'm definitely going to be keeping tabs on Aaron's work. Yeah. And also, I want to, just in case, you know, he's listening, uh, congratulations on getting that award for that short story that sounds cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having read the tweets about the premise, something about an earring that grows an ear that then grows a head <laughs> that tells a story. That sounds kind of amazing. I, yeah. I do plan to read more of his works. Um, that his... That book is still probably the best book I've read this year. So, so far, so good, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be tough for us to incorporate short stories into our like reading lists going forward with this new format. So, maybe like his short story specifically, because I want an excuse to go and read it. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be hard to get around to anything with our, with our list. Maybe that's something that we could look into like for just for our Discord or just for the Patreon. Darkly Lit doesn't have a specific Patreon, but like, you know, maybe bonus content, maybe even just bonus content to put up. Um, doesn't yeah. have to be behind a paywall. Like I, I would love to, you know, squeeze in a short story here and there. We'll oh, see. without a doubt. If you want to donate to the Midnight Marinara Patreon, uh, the funding goes to actually all creative horror podcasts, including <laughs> Darkly at, Lit. At this point, yeah. I mean, part of the reason the Pasta Shade was so kind to step in and do our little introduction for us is because uh, he knows that the funds... Uh, do go to support the community in general. So he also wanted to lend his support, especially as Midnight Marinara moves into its 10-year anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. Keep an ear out for that. And we're doing plugs, and we haven't even talked about the last book we're going to read. I'm oh, yeah. Sorry. The final yeah. book of December. That is uh, Saints. Uh, Saints. Yes. That was my last pick. Um, it was between this and another one. I think David pointed out we didn't really have, like, a ghost story one yet. And what what December... Is like the month for ghost stories. That is what that is how we celebrate the holidays. It was ghost oh, yeah. stories. So I I went with this was actually the bottom of my list to pick, but I decided okay, we'll go with, with Silent Companions. Got to have a ghost story in December. I agree with that. Just like how you have to have a Halloween story in October. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm actually gonna read the little snippet from Goodreads on this one because I think that'll kind of be like explain the better why I chose why this was on my list of a possible candidate. 
Inspired by the work of Shirley Jackson and Susan Hill, and set in a crumbling country mansion, The Silent Companions is an unsettling gothic ghost story to send a shiver down the spine. Newly married and newly widowed, Elsie is sent to see out her pregnancy at her late husband's crumbling country estate, The Bridge. With her new servants resentful and the local villagers actively hostile, Elsie only has her husband's awkward cousin for company, or so she thinks. But inside her new home lies a locked room, and beyond that door lies a 200-year-old diary and a deeply unsettling painted wooden figure silent companion that bears a striking resemblance to Elsie herself. Ooh. So I just felt like, you know, good gothic mystery, something kind of like to maybe chill your bones along with the cold weather. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I just like, okay, yeah, that might be a good fit for, for us. I will say out of like, because uh, when I saw David's book options, I knew exactly which one I wanted to choose from. Because we, we all had, I think, at least one extra book mm-hmm. and I, exactly i'm like oh no let's go with this one over the other one with yours i was like ah oh, this is tough because uh, you had a lot of good options but then david said well let's go with silent companions because it does feel like a good december yes because one of my my other what i was really leaning towards was also a possession story um and the reason i kind of wanted to pick that one was because i knew you had a head full of ghosts as one of your picks and I thought that might be interesting to compare two different possession stories. But since our reading list is so short, kind of also maybe it's too many possession stories. <laughs> but one of the, I think it was on the Goodreads, it was like a head full of ghosts meets hereditary. And that was. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that sounds sick. But then I was right? like, mm, that might be too. Because if we would have went with that one, I would have gone with my other pick. I don't want to say what they are. Yeah, let's leave it nebulous for now. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. Because they'll probably end up on the next reading list. <laughs> oh, I can assure you that the other book I chose will absolutely be on the next next oh. year's reading list. Because it is an author we've read before who we adore. And the premise sound, just sounds so cool. In the case of this one, uh, I as soon as the, the decision came up, it was a tough one. But I will say... My what ultimately swayed me toward this was partly because of what you said, Sade, about comparing the two possession books, and because the one in the in the blurb said it's like a head full of ghosts meets hereditary. I thought, well, I really, really, really want to read this one, but we should probably do a head full of ghosts first, then we yeah. can compare them. So yeah. yeah, that's perfect. So so now that we'll have that in our headspace, when we go into the next year's list, we can have that book ready. That about covers all of our reads. And, and actually gives you weird little snippets of kind of stuff we have in the future, which is funny enough. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a already teasing the next reading list. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think this has been really rejuvenating for us, all, all three of us. Uh, and I'm going to be keeping a lookout for other books to pitch as we go forward. So, hey, if you've listened to us this far, thank you for joining us. We hope you're have some happy reading along with us and you'll join us for the d- discussion. You are part of the club after all, if you're a subscriber and a follower of this podcast, we get a lot of great feedback from a, a small but dedicated handful of fellow readers that often helps us in our discussion. And I want to take a moment to thank them collectively as you know, the, the ones who have been following us and we want to encourage more people to come and join in. It's a lot of fun. And uh, you can think of it all as us gathered around discussing these and, you know, just having a good time. That being said, uh, 
what do you think? Should we, you know, we should probably go check out our books from the library and head here before they close. Anyone want to blow the candles out before we go? I think we should uh, let Kayla take that honor. I almost want to leave the light on just in the window, just so people can look up and they know that the new Dark Delight season has begun. (laughs) Ooh, I like that. Just one candle. Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of CreativeHorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at CreativeHorror.com. <laughs>